Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life. And new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I am joined with Jim and Bob today, and we're talking about Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds Episode 5, Season 2, and this one is called Charades. Uh, it's essentially a Spock episode. Um, I always look forward to Spock episodes. Um, they love playing him for comedy in this series sometimes, and this one is definitely... Um, one of the episodes played mostly for comedy, and uh, I just want to see how folks thought it worked. Um, let's go over to Jim first, and, and uh, Jim, do, I know you like the action episodes, and there haven't been a lot of action episodes this season, and this certainly wasn't a much of an action episode. But what did you think of it? But but I really enjoyed this one actually. Oh, good. It was you know, it it, it I, I enjoyed it. I I put it up there probably as one of the better ones of the season. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, it 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 was good. It it was humorous. Uh, the humor, I think, was done very well. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just I mean, all around, it was it was good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Bob, what did you think of it? I I agree. I actually liked this episode a lot. I thought it was one of the better episodes of the season. Also, they got in a lot of. There's a lot of scene changes in it too. I noticed. Yeah, and uh, and I and I'm going to argue the reverse. There's a lot of scenes that weren't changed either. I mean, there's there's scene changes in it, but there's a lot of scenes where they come back and do the same in the same room with the same people. But yeah, that's what I'm, I mean. But human. So but there's a lot of there's a lot of cut off, cut to somewhere else, and then back. Yes. Oh, definitely. A lot of transitions that way. It didn't necessarily the change of rooms, but right. it would, I think that's one way they saved on some budget that allowed them to do more other things was by filming. I mean, I would assume like the scenes where you've got Spock talking to essentially most of the female cast members and they're all telling jokes and Spock doesn't get the joke. And then do they just pull off his ears and then do it again i i don't know i don't know if you you regather to do that scene over again to me it would seem like you'd shoot it all in the same time because he did it they did a number of scenes that way where where like uh, certainly the cooking scenes with spock and the captain where it's done once with him being spock and early in the episode and later on with him being the human sort of version of spock later on and being all into the bacon and and so forth that's played. I, I I could see them doing that, you know, filming filming those scenes in the same day. Yeah, you know, film film it when he looks just more like a human person, and then you know, send him off for an hour, or whatever it takes them to do it. Their Spockification to him, right? And and you know, then run the scene again because then the same 
actors that are there on set that day and whatever, you know, filming. So that they've got that day of filming. I'm going to argue that I think it'd be done backwards from that. I think you'd first film it with Spock because I think it takes them more than you think, maybe a couple hours to get his makeup on correctly and things, but taking off supposedly goes faster. So I think they'd film it with it on and then uh, go and send him off for an hour and everybody goes to their trailers or whatever they're going to do. Uh, or film a different scene or whatever, and then have him come back um, and and refilm that in the same room that's already lit and already ready to go and everything. Yeah. So, but any which way, I think they probably did that is my assumption. So there's sort of an interesting parallel between Spock's mother and Nurse Chapel, like when she makes the statement that it's hard for a, a human woman to love a Vulcan. I think she was, they were kind of referring to both of those characters, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was great. I think bringing his, uh, the actress back who played his mother in the Discovery television series in season two when he was over there, uh, I think was smart. And I think she does probably the best job she's ever done in any of her performances on this one. It's subtle. It's, it's funny. It's, uh, everything it needs to be and she does a really nice job of it um uh certainly folks are saying this scene where he defends her towards the end and is saying how hard it is must be how hard it's been on her to be in this society that doesn't accept her and everything was a neat piece to throw in there um and uh uh just the whole thing, I mean, I, guess, I suppose, uh, and of course, if you're watching this, we always say spoilers, and we should have said that early on. But uh, anyway, the, it, this is all about Spock getting in an accident and being where he uh, uh, becomes fully human for the first time. And so it's fun. Uh, Ethan Peck has described how fun this episode was to film. They played up the humorous parts very well. There's a lot of interaction with all of the various cast members, which is always nice to see um, versus like the lawn episode where it was just lawn kind of on her own for most of the episode. This is where it was a constant interaction with the other people, um, which made it a lot of fun. Um, I love the scene with uh, Spock and lawn where he's essentially kind of going through puberty uh, sort of is 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 the play here is that all these emotions are going are overwhelming him and things, and he's talking about how he's attracted to her, and she obviously feels uncomfortable with that somewhat, and and so that's kind of a fun little humorous piece. Um, but there's lots of humor in this. But the other scene was I just love was where all the women are together and trying to explain to him how to come across as Vulcan. And they're all doing impressions of Spock and down the line. And they all do a really nice job of it. And then I love it where he's like, do I really talk like that? And then they're all in unison. Yes, you, you definitely do. I, I noticed that, that, you know, of the rest of the cast, it seemed like um, number one probably had the least scenes. Yep. You know, yep. again, like, could have just noticed not that. You know, she could, could she's not been there at all. I mean, it's like the, the only scene she is when they're sitting around telling jokes and she's laughing. That's about it. Yep. Yeah. That. Yeah. She's in that scene, and, and 
it's the same group and it's the same. Uh, she yeah, she has the two joke scenes where they're telling jokes, and then the third scene she has is where they're all lined up telling him how to be. Um, yeah, that's more, it. Yeah, multiple, right. Sound yeah. That's yeah, and, and so it, it's like they just don't know what to do with her. I, at some point, they're—I don't know what they're going to do because it just. Right. She's going to. She's going to say, "Screw it and leave." I'm getting like. Yeah, I'm getting no airtime. No, yeah. you know. Other than, other than the second episode, I mean, when they did the trial, that right, that was it. Yeah, interesting. As long as she keeps collecting a paycheck for each episode, I guess. Yeah. yeah. There's just, yeah, if you're not paid by the minute, you know, it's like, wait, so you're saying I can come in and film for, you know, one day every week, one day every other week, and just collect the same paycheck than if I was there five days a week? You know, it's like... I mean, really, she gets one more scene than... And, and, but she's... Every time she's in the scenes in this episode, she's in an ensemble, right? Yeah. Whereas she gets one more scene than Sam Kirk gets. But Sam, at least the scene is essentially him and Spock. I mean, there's other people there that don't say anything, but I mean, they have the lines, they have the dialogue, the rest are just extras. So yeah. really, it's it, he gets uh, more memorable screen time than she gets, right? And yeah. he's not even someone who's a, any kind of a regular. He's been on what? three or four episodes the entire run. And every time it's basically his comic relief. Um, but those scenes were fun. I mean, Spock, totally lose it on him. was great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and to see Kirk just freaking out. All right, I'll clean it up. Clean it up. Yeah, I'll clean up. I'll clean up. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Don't no. do it. Just a fun, fun episode. The other thing that's a, a negative, I'd say, on the episode, slightly, um, is that people are starting to, to, and I don't know, because you don't realize it in other shows, so they're not using it quite the way other shows use it, is when they use the um, the wall, what is that, that virtual wall thing that they use um, yeah. for the different scenes. So, like, when they're in the alien and the alien is like all around them and they got the glass floor beneath them uh, sort of thing. It totally, you're just going, Oh, that's the, that's that virtual wall thing they're using again. Um, it just becomes totally obvious when they use that sometimes. And, yeah. But that, I mean, that's a way for them to, I mean, some scenes, you know, they're going to have to use that type of thing. They, you know, they, in the, in the past, they would use green screen. Right. On, and and stuff to do that because just the for some scene for one episode you know you can't really create new huge massive sets for it so so using that type of technology or green screen makes sense and and, and it looks real enough and to you know it doesn't detract from the the show i don't think yeah that's good because it's just people are noticing it and they're just going oh that was that again um, where you don't see them say that about like the Mandalorian. So somehow the Mandalorian's using it better because they use it all the time on the Mandalorian. Every time you see any shot outside, almost anywhere, it's being used constantly. And yet you don't think about it. I guess maybe what you makes you think about in this episode is you can tell 
that they don't use it for most of the show. It's used for little bits and pieces. And, and it's usually when they're having some kind of alien encounter or going down to a planet or something. But certainly it's better than going down to their planets with paper mache rocks and so forth. So I'll give them that. Like an industrial complex, like in the original series. Yeah. Well, la- last week, uh, when Jim wasn't here, the episode he wasn't here for, but the the Talos, not Talos, um, Rigel, Rigel 7, they used it beautifully in that episode because it was used throughout and it didn't make me go, oh, they're in front of that again. There was just something about, I think it's because in this one, even the actors would describe it as, there was nothing, it was no like, there wasn't a table, there wasn't, uh, it wasn't simulating an environment that we normally are in. So it was this weird, and they said it was so hard because they would get dizzy so quickly because, of course, when they move, the whole concept of the wall is the wall moves with them. So it looks like uh, they're really inside of this thing, right? But to the actor, it's like, you know, you try and focus on like a table that's there that doesn't move or something that's static. But when the whole thing's moving, it makes it really hard. And they said they're they're like falling over and holding on to each other because, you know, you get motion sick and things by doing this. And they're in there for like two days straight to film those scenes. And they said, it, you know, it's very disorienting. And, and things, but they they pulled. The, oh, they'll, well, they'll get through their lines on a scene, and it'll be like cut, and then they'll all just go to fall down and be like, "Oh my gosh, we made it through that." <laughs> you know? But I can totally get it. Um, no, but uh, one of the best to me, one of the best humorous episodes, probably in Star Trek history. Star Trek has tried to do humorous episodes throughout all of this series, and so often they, they're the episodes that kind of fall flat or don't work so well. Um, you know, if you if you were to talk about the humorous episodes that work in Star Trek, you've got like a handful. You've got your trouble with Tribbles, and you've got your piece of the action, and then you know, even beyond that, you're pushing it. I mean, things like Cupid over on Next Generation, where they're all sort of that's the whole where you get the one great line from Worf, which is, I am not a merry man. But uh, it's all kind of that they're playing Robin Robin Hood sort of characters and things doesn't really work as a hold hold up all that well. But this episode does. And I think it made me think of the episode that happened last season at the exact same time. I guess it's going to be Spock. That was their fifth episode every season or something, because last year he would they had that a mock time or what? I mean, not. Let's see. Spock, Spock Amok, Spock Amok, or whatever it was called. And uh, that was the humorous episode last season with Spock and T'Pring and their hijinks going on. And I don't think, if I remember back right, was that one that you didn't like all that well, Jim? Uh, probably. I think so. So I think yeah. this one worked better for you than that. There, there was the one, too, where they were like swashbucklers. And... Yeah, wasn't that part of Discovery? I can't remember if that was a series or if that was part of Discovery where, yeah, they were all dressed up in like medieval outfits. That might have been when they were on Discovery when they had Pike. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. There, there was the one where the, where the, uh, 
the guest actress was more of a pirate type of person. Um, well, no, they had this one because there was like the, the it was the one with the doctor's daughter. Oh, you're talking about Lucy. Yeah, 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 you're right. It was the daughter. It was her, her storybook. Yeah, right. They were all characters in her storybook. Right. Yeah. And and this and this one was much better than that. Yeah. I think I, I like this one much better. Um so and and then then you have Nurse Chapel and Spock getting together at the end. Yes. Yeah, that's we're, but I, how's that gonna work? It's like that whole tension they've been building that tension. A lot of times when that tension gets relieved, the viewership goes down. And how's that all gonna work? Are they gonna like hook up and then ignore each other? And I guess it's okay because they're on a break. Right. Yeah. So, so him and Tapri now, now. To me, one of the yeah. that point that's one of the other problems I have with this episode. I like the scene. I like that they're together. I like that the, it, they gave the fans exactly what they want without ever hearing from the fans. This is they're still to the part where they they filmed this before they ever got any feedback from fans. Um, I think this the next episode six or seventh is where they're first getting some feedback from fans on the very first episodes from last season because uh, they were filming it at the same time as the season was airing. Um, but anyway, I thought they should have waited a week or two to have that scene and then it, it made them seem kind of callous, the fact that oh, now I'm out of my relationship, I just got out of it, and now I can start a relationship with you. It's like, uh, it seems like it should have waited a little bit more time. Because they were on a break. Yeah, <laughs> call back to another, to a, to another series for five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, they're on a break. Yeah, if we if we have a problem, we could have Ross come over and defend Spock. That's right. He was on a break, man. <laughs> um, a break. Um, but it was nice getting them together. I think it was interesting. They mentioned uh, Doctor Cor Corby, right? Who no, Corbo, Corby, no. who she's going to be engaged to. Uh, it happens sometime in the next. I mean, if the timelines are the same timelines as we have for the original series, she'll be engaged to Corby here uh, in a couple of years or a year. So I think they're going to play into that, have somehow falling out between her and Spock because he was mentioned in this episode uh, Corby was that um, he was the person that I think she was going to be working with with the Vulcan project thing that that ended up falling through and maybe that was them jettisoning and saying well that's where she would have met Corby and had this relationship but the timelines changed I don't, I don't know yeah well I mean they have all this canon that they they're kind of pinned in by the canon Right. You know, and, and so, you know, they they can't take this too far. I mean, at some point, these they they have to go their separate ways and, you know, and, and all that stuff. And he has to. Unless they're going to eject cannon. But so far, I, 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 I don't they think don't, they, they, can't, don't really... they can't reject the cannon. I mean, that just wouldn't make sense if they just completely ignored the stuff from the original series. But it's not until the original series, like when Kirk is captain, that they officially split up, right? Who? Yeah, but, th but then at that same time, he's still with T'Pring and supposed to be getting married to T'Pring still. Yeah. Right. You know, so. Essentially, what you can do, you can play this out 
if you follow it. You can have, she and he can have a little bit of a relationship now for a while. Eventually, they'd have to break up and she would end up being uh, maybe off of a rebound with Corby and become Corby's fiance. That falls apart. And Spock's back with T'Pring. That leads us into the first season of Star Trek of, of the actual TOS with Kirk and stuff. During the second season, T'Pring rejects Spock essentially. And after that second season, he could essentially get back together with uh Chapel at that point if they wanted him to because we don't we don't know if he was with Chapel or not with Chapel from there on out right um that they, they didn't play it up they didn't play it they didn't play it any which way so so they could have them get back together we know that eventually Tipring and Spock aren't going to work out it's not like they stay get married and, and stay married for years so it'll it'll be interesting I mean do these two actors continue on into um and does the is this series popular enough that they can create a TOS series with Kirk and everything? I don't know. That's asking a lot. But then they got to pull Spock over. They got to pull her right. over. Yep. So they have to pull some of those actors, or those actors will be doing double duty. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, it, I mean, it could be a, it could be a, it could be a follow on series after this one. Yeah. That's where I mean. That's what yeah. it would be. It would just be a ruptured series. It would be after five years that they would either they could put people in place or they could bring them all in place with Kirk when Kirk comes across, and then have the you know the series go away or morph. Yeah, so they probably they probably be best. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, Jim. Over, Roger. Over, 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 <laughs> over. <laughs> I got maybe they'll figure out what to do with number one before the season ends. Yeah, I'm not as worried. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't want to make a big deal about this episode. I mean, there's episodes where people have less to do. It's just it would be nice if they were a little aware that they tend to give her less to do than anybody else, and they probably should. Play. And there was a lot of, you know, if you look back, there's a lot of other people had parts like you, you saw Lilan. You saw Uhura, you saw uh, Ortega. Well, right? they were all- what made uh, okay. So let's let's walk through for just a second. So you got Laon that was in the scene. She has a solo scene Spock. with Spock, right? Yeah, we so got that. Then Laon is part of that group that is all the women talking to Spock, both joking with Spock those two times, and then the third time, all telling Spock how to be Vulcan, right? So you got that. That's it for Lon, I think. Now, Erica and uh, Hura have another scene where they are going on the – well, they have multiple scenes. They have a scene preparing to go on the shuttle where they get talked into it. Then they're on the shuttle. Then they have the scene off the shuttle and in the – Virtual and wall Ortega thing. Ortega with was with too. She was the pilot. What was that? Ortega was the pilot. That's what I'm saying. Erica was there and so was her, right? Yeah. Both of them are there. Um, so it, essentially, everybody but Una yeah. got more 
multiple yeah, things in different ways. I mean, even even if you just counted not, they had the same number of scenes. The uh, those other scenes were more impactful, I thought. Then, like I said, you don't see anyway. Yeah, I, think yeah, I guess I would have dropped the Laon scene and put that as a Una scene with Spock because I could see Spock come and talk to Una more than talk to Laon on her own. And if they would have just changed that, kept the whole scene the same, and had it be Spock and, and Una, uh, the sexual piece, attraction piece, would have been a little awkward because he's she's his superior officer or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think that would have been okay. Um, then Laon would have had the least to do. But on the other hand, she's had more to do multiple times this season, so why not have her have less to do? But I just don't know. I just don't know if they think like we do where we're going, kind of keeping track of everybody's time and like, oh, you should boost Una's time here or not. I don't know what's really time. Is it that it gets back to the same thing as that character is so strong in the pilot? Yeah. And now she's like essentially not. I mean, she's she's like large and in charge in the pilot. And in this series, she's just sort of number one, doesn't seem in charge just kind of there yeah yeah that's the problem i have with it it's not necessarily the number of scenes she's in yeah yeah no um even because even uh, you might have just played it if you would have had just a scene between her and pike talking about spock and like what are we going to do now that he's human how are we going to you know and just be like well we're just going to make the best of it and Never. Yeah, but if they could play the scene like that, then they, well, I guess they could go longer since it's streaming. They could go longer, but you know, right. they got to cut something else out to put a scene like right. that in. I, I just, the other piece we don't know. See, the thing is, she could be in way more scenes than we ever expect her to be in that we that we've ever seen, and she could be be the one where they where they're always looking and going, you know, that scene's not that necessary. It doesn't really work. Let's pull that out, and so she could be the one who's getting on the cutting room floor over and over again. You know, she could have had more to do in this episode. They cut her parts out. We don't know. Right. So, yeah, it's weird. Uh, the way that she's not getting featured and, uh, especially since, since it seemed like they were sort of reestablishing her in that whole courtroom episode, like, okay, now she's going to be a bigger part again. And well, maybe if they, if they filmed them in sequence, maybe because she had that, whole courtroom scene and had so many days that she was working on set and stuff like that the next one she they gave her a little little bit of the time off or whatever and yeah have you know put her in so many scenes so she didn't have to work so much for the next episode or i don't know i don't know we're but anyway i think we focus too much on that i think that this whole episode uh -huh. we're all agreeing this is a great episode and does yep. what it needs to do it's funny when it needs to be funny I love the part where he's got the cap on, the beanie, and and uh, just looks ridiculous. And, and Pike's like, "Yeah, I have one just like that." <laughs> I, I I I thought when he when he pulled off of the ears at the end, yes, pulled off the ears. I thought they were going to have the his Vulcan ears underneath them. He was going to like pull them off, and it was like then still have Vulcan ears. He was like, oh. Um, well, well, well I mean, I, I, when, you mean when he tell, tells to bring his yeah. mother that he's, yeah, right, 
Yeah, you know, I, I thought he was going to pull them off and then there'd be his regular ears underneath there again. And it's like, hmm, okay. But I was human. Yeah. That would have been funny, but it wouldn't have made the point as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think it would have been hilarious if, if that had happened. So, yeah. No, I, I got, I, I, this is one of those episodes where I can't see how you would improve it. I mean, other than have Una in it more. But uh, I, I, I personally, I don't think that would improve it. Yeah. Uh, of any of the characters, I, th- I find her the least interesting and compelling. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I would rather see any of the other characters. So that might be that might be why we're not seeing her is that, it, it, that they're just going, well, we could put her in this scene or Lon in this scene. I, I think I'm more interested in seeing what Lon has to say to Spock than Una. Yeah. You know, so. So I can see the writers do that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, just her character and the whole thing. It, yeah. If she left the show, she got killed and killed off in the next episode. To me, I, the show would be no different and would go on completely normal without her in place. They could have, they could have not not brought her back. You know, she could have been arrested and she's gone now. And and. Yeah. Show would have been completely the same to me. Whereas I think with Bob and I, we keep referring back to the original pilot and just wishing that they'd make more of her like they did in the pilot. Yeah, that that I, I thought she was gonna when the series started, she was gonna be, you know, Pike, her, and Spock were gonna be the three main characters. Yeah, and the, and but she's just sort of been supplanted, like Jim said. I mean, I would be sad if she was gone just because she was part of the pilot. But well, I, know, the piece, I think they need her. I mean, when, no matter what Jim says, because Jim's usually wrong with these sorts of things. But the, <laughs> uh, I think, I think she's older than the other women, and I think that adds to it by having a sort of a a mom character, whatever you want to call it, that, that, that she's or older sister type character to them. Because uh, they all, even though we know their ages, like Laon is way older than she seems, um, but they all strike me as seeming like women in their mid twenties, and then she's more of a woman who seems more closer to her fifties, and so uh, I think they should play up that dynamic more. I guess is what I'm thinking, and it would be, and I'd invite that. So. And I think if you write it well, Jim would go, hey, that was actually pretty good. Um, I don't oh, think yeah. her character is that far gone. Jim's uh, trying to light a lighter that won't light. That's good. <laughs> He's given up on that. It smells good, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, what else we got from this episode? You're lighting your... Your... <laughs> Banana that's not a big banana, but with a big lighter. That's good. Yeah. But, but, I don't know I why. Bob, yes, back to you. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with Chapel and Spock. So am I. Um, I I'm really interested in that. Do you play it up? Do you not play it up? Do they keep it a secret? Do they not? I mean, I think that's a whole other interesting piece. And knowing that eventually she's gonna, they're going to have to lose it and she's going to have to end up with Corby or something. I think it's nice. It gives you, like you're saying, if they were just going to be together from now on, 
they've taken away all this sexual tension or whatever, knowing that there's a story where there's going to have to have a rocky future. It doesn't, it doesn't take away the, the tension as much. Um, and I just, I, I, just I, yeah, so yeah. I, I wonder how long they go with that though. You know, it's, I, I could see it be a very short lived thing. Oh yeah. You know, I, I could see it, you know, be one or two episodes. And yeah, it can be resolved after next episode that they decide this is not going to work. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... I kind of hope they don't. I kind of hope they would let it go the rest of the season before they do anything to it. Um, Have they, they been... Re- the audience or... wants it to happen, and the audience is not going to feel satisfied if they do it for two episodes and then decide, oh, let's just be friends. Um, yeah. Have they been renewed for a, a third season? I thought they were, but I don't know. And I know that now with the writer's strike going on and the actor's strike going on, we'll yeah, see. There's a delay everything, I think. Um, well, hope enjoy the rest of the season. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's a good enough show that, you know, they definitely should get oh, another sure. season out yeah. of it. Because um, I've enjoyed this season more than last season, and I enjoyed last season a whole lot. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah this is one of the best Star Trek episodes, maybe you know, top fifteen or something. I don't know. Yeah, they they did a really good job, I think, assembling the the cast and the cast yes. and the characters that they had together. They, they all seemed to really work well together in this yep. in this thing, except except for number one. Yeah. But, uh, to me, it's the strongest cast since Next Generation, because um, that cast was really strong too. Yeah. And I would say both Next Generation and this cast is stronger than the original cast, or at least what they allowed the original cast to be. Uh, yeah. Have they actually been able to allow Uhura and Sulu and Chekhov and Scotty? To have a bigger role in things, but there was so much that series was so much tied down in the triad of the Doctor and Spock and Kirk that it never got anybody else a chance to really build much of a character. Um, whereas this series definitely is. Um, I mean, if Anton Mountain was more of a jerk, he could definitely be going, Well, hey, I'm not gonna have screen time here, and I need every other episode to be about me and you know, so forth. But, well, and, and that frees up a lot of time to actually develop all these other characters. I know, right? Yeah. Because he's not, you know, it's not kind of all based around him and him right. and almost every scene and everything else. So they have so much time to do these other storylines and these things. So that, you know, makes it, uh, to me, a much more interesting. Sure. You know, it's not, it's not, oh, what's what's Pike going to do this week? Right. You know, well, it's, it's, it's the whole discovery thing where it's so much about Burnham that that the other characters don't get a chance for you to really even get to know them or you get to know them right before they're going to die because they want to play them (laughs) up right but but in this series if a series if an actor is played up like law and was played up that you don't worry that oh they're going to kill her off they're just playing her up to kill her off at the end of the episode it's like (laughs) no this is a law on episode and that's okay and they'll have i mean they used to do that with uh, somewhat with next generation where you'd have a episode that was Jordy centric or an episode that was more or less a Brent Spiner episode or a Riker episode. And I kind of like that idea of getting these episodes that focus on the different 
characters as long as some of them are ensemble or some kind of mix. This was a nice mix between it focusing mainly on Spock, but having it be about the crew's relationship with Spock as he's human, as he's not, and his parent and his family's relationship and his fiance's relationship with him. And uh, certainly uh, a, a decent chunk of it was about um, Christine Chappell's relationship with him. Uh, really, it's amazing how they spread this thing around. They really did uh, yeah. focus on a lot of different people and a lot of different things. And yet it felt cohesive. So anyway, let's let's go through and do our rate the episode and point out the actor that we thought was best or whatever. Um, but first, I, what's on your shirt? What do you mean? What's on your shirt? This is yeah, Pixar what? stuff. Oh, Pixar. Okay. Yeah, I see Buzz on here there, I guess. Yeah. We did it. We did a, uh, I did a podcast today on uh, the very first episode of, of Disneyland and talked about how the synergy was trying to create with Disney and, and so forth. So I wore it. The closest thing I had to a Disney shirt. Um, <laughs> and it's also space. So I, it's a weird combination of the two. <laughs> They're sort of floating around in space. Um, anyway, the uh, episode, let's go with, uh, I don't know, man. It was really good. I'll go with, I, I don't want to give it a 10 out of 10 necessarily. So I'll give it a nine and a half out of 10. Uh, really solid episode and then for the actor I mean I guess I, I gotta give it to Spock but it's sort of Spock and Chapel mix I mean uh, heck I'm gonna give it to Spock and Chapel. they both were so good um, Bob yeah nine and a half I think I'm gonna give it man man that's tough yeah if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Chapel. That both Spock and her were great. Yeah. So, yeah, her scenes inside the alien thing were so good. Where I mean, I loved it when she when they're saying, "No, share about what you really feel. Share about what you were fine. Turn around." And she makes them turn around. So, <laughs> yeah, that was just that was a cute little funny piece, and yet deep at the same. I mean, when you can get somebody to cut one scene to cut both ways that it's funny and it's heartfelt. That's pretty amazing. So um, anyway, Jim, what, what were your feelings in the episode? I, you know, I, I would probably give it a 10. I think I'm actually wow. going to give it a 10. Because, um, I mean. How do you think it better, right? Yeah. yeah, it was enjoyable. And I don't know how they could have really made it any any better. It was yeah. a really enjoyable watch. Um, and yeah, I mean. I'm gonna to have to go with Spock. Yeah, you know, just because it was it was you know all about him and the interaction, but the interaction with all the other people was all very good too. Yeah, you know, but he was kind of the center point of everything. Uh, just well, just Ethan Peck just did such a nice job of giving us a different variant of Spock. That yeah. I mean, he had to give us a whole another level of excitement and giddiness and the whole thing about. Finally, getting to show his emotions and things, and and bacon, and bacon, nice, nice, <laughs> bacon, <laughs> and then acting like he's Vulcan, but really being human. I mean, that's a tough overlay of various things. So he did a nice job of all of it. And the person we haven't talked about really that needs a huge tip of the hat on these comedy episodes, especially this one, 
is Anson Mount because he does a great job of stepping back and allowing himself to be just part of the comedy. And his, if you look at his reactions, they're always humorous reactions. His, his, when he, when he made the, the food for them and then they're criticizing his food, his face was great. And then the, the, the guy wants more of the food. He's excited that the guy wants more of his food. Um, the, just and 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 just his scenes with Spock. I mean, uh, the the cooking scenes with Spock were excellent. Um, yeah, yeah. And just uh, he he's great as a lead, but he's great as a supporting person as well. And I just again, we've talked about it before. Do you see William Shatner going? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll go along with this episode, and I'll just be the humorous background character in this episode i just can't see it i can't see him allowing that to happen um whereas mount just seems totally and every interview he's ever given just seems like hey this show's the show i want the show to be good and i don't want it to just be the captain pike show it's not called star trek captain pike it's called star trek strange new worlds and let's experience all these different people and they do a good job of that so there he's just just part of the, the ensemble cast. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's not he's not so special. It's just like anybody, all the other actors yeah. there. So. And which ties into his character because his character seems like that's what his character would be doing too. His character wants everybody to be at their best, um, and so it's nice to have the actor and the character in so much sync together. Um, yeah, no, wonderful episode. So uh, let's see, anything else we skipped on the episode? Anything else we need to hit? Um, uh, what did you think? <laughs> what did you think of uh, to Pring's mom and dad? Well, definitely you saw how to Pring's mom is, you know, the one, I guess, the one that wears the pants in the relationship or whatever you want to yeah. say. Yes. You know, where, where it's like he's, He's like, oh, those taste pretty good. Oh yeah, some more. Oh no, they're they're wrong. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're you're right. They, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're just too salty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, dear. Whatever you say, dear. Yeah, but it seemed to like get a little bit of. Uh, at the end, he seemed to be standing up to her a little bit more. I think just yeah. After Tapring, just you know, kind of puts her in her place by telling her the ritual is over. We don't need your feedback just your consent and after that he seemed to get a little bit more but yeah he was pretty henpecked yeah yeah, yeah he, but he, the actor did a good job of, of of making that work both those actors I mean it would be hard coming in and I just have to be this hard nose essentially b-word and uh and she did a great job of it I mean she just came in and nailed, did what she was supposed to do and uh, made you like, ooh, I do not like this woman. (laughs) (laughs) Treated everybody like crap, but uh, yeah. Well, at the end, though, she seemed to kind of turn and kind of change her opinion a little bit or something. Yeah. Well, you had to do that because, you know, you have to take it somewhere and it was like, okay, they, they got their point across and she at least respected that point um do you think 
Spock's deception of T'Pring uh, should have caused T'Pring to go, we need a break from each other. Well, isn't that what, isn't, are you saying, do I think they should have done what they did? Because I mean, yes. that's what they did. Um, no, no, to me, that seemed like an emotional reaction. Yeah. You know, as opposed to logic. Yeah, you know? tends to, I could just as easily have seen coming out of her mouth or actually more easily see her say, oh, yes, you didn't inform me because you were afraid that that would affect me or whatever. Completely logical, you know, that 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 he wouldn't tell her, you know. So, so I could easily see her character totally accept it. Her character not accepting it. Um, but I think... I think she's more aware of the situation between Spock and Chapel than they play off. I mean, she just doesn't seem like that dumb of a character. It seems like she would get that there's something going on between the two of them. And uh, probably smartly is, is saying, is using this as a reason to go on a break so that he can figure out, you know, are you, do you want to be with, Chapel, or do you want to be with me, or what are you going to do? Because this having you torn is not working. Because um, you're torn between Chapel and me, you're torn between Star Trek, Starfleet, and me. There's a lot of things in our way, and you need to kind of decide what are those things are the most important. Yeah, because she's always seconds. Yeah, second. But you know, I mean, or third. Yeah, but culturally, you know, that could be normal yeah you know i mean somebody could be married and somebody could be you know on the ships on the vulcan ships and out and about all the time right right right. no no i get that um it just is all of this does a good job of leading up to amic time from the second season of the original series and makes you empathize a little bit more with her character that it wasn't maybe all of her, but she was uh, all this history with Spock of him choosing Starfleet and maybe Christine over her would make it be where she is saying, I don't want this prearranged marriage and uh, this is going to work, you know, Um, which I think is great. I think it's interesting that they're, playing with this and I'm glad they did so um, yeah this series the whole series couldn't I couldn't figure out how to make this thing any better than it is I mean they're they're hitting all the right notes we're getting good episode after good episode there's standalone episodes who would think you could do so many great standalone episodes Uh, and they're featuring a nice cross section of the characters Um, for my money a little less La'on and a little more Una would probably be a, good, a better balance than they're getting. Uh, I find on a much, much more interesting character. Well, sure. I know that. I hear that. But I mean, I think it's partially because they haven't given the time. They've given Law on the most screen time, right? I mean, yeah, could, how much yeah. screen time have they been? Erica, or at this point, Ahura hasn't really had an episode since the second episode of the first season, right? Um, you know, and it and it still feels like. Una's never really had an episode. I mean, you can say that court was her episode, but really the courtroom was more the guest actress playing the lawyer's episode than it was her episode. So anyway, 
But I guess we'll let it stand there. Um, I hope everybody enjoys this episode. A real treat uh, if you're open to comedy. Um, and uh, I do want to get out there. I mean, uh, certainly in the comments, if you listen to this episode and, and listen to us chat, if you want to put down what you think are some of the most humorous episodes of any Star Trek series, I'd love to check out some of those ones that maybe I haven't seen on Enterprise or DS9 or um, Voyager. Cause I haven't watched, I've watched bits and pieces of all of that, but I haven't watched all of them. Um, were there many, I know Jim's watched more Enterprise than, than either of us have. Were there many humorous episodes of Enterprise? Not that I remember. Okay. Because the character has humor. The characters have humor built into them on that series. I know that. The captain's kind of funny in some ways sometimes. So Yeah. But but it wasn't you know, Star Star Trek is this is seen more serious so that when they do have a humorous episode, it's it stands out more, I think. Yes. Um, you know, they they probably had more humor just Throughout things, but Correct. I don't remember anything. So you haven't you haven't seen like all of Deep Space Nine and all of Voyager, and no, I think I've, I've seen every. I think I've seen every single episode of all of those shows. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't. Yeah, because I I used to watch them all, so I think I've probably seen of all the Star Trek shows. I've seen every single episode. Can't believe that I've seen more than you have. I know, crazy, huh? <laughs> I just don't remember the individual ones. <laughs> like you, you pull up some episode and it's like, oh, in this episode, you're you're that uh, that stereotypical Trekkie. In episode thirty-seven, <laughs> <laughs> this, this character that did this and that, and, and <laughs> I, I I can't remember him to that. To well, that, my, that. my my cheat is, I watched a few less episodes, so. I can yeah. remember those episodes versus if I fill my mind with every episode. I mean, because there's like a thousand episodes or some or close to it. There's got to be seven hundred or something between all the different series and probably yeah. So there's a lot, but uh, no, I, I I know I know the original series really well. I know uh, Next Generation pretty well. I've watched every episode. Um, some of them, you know, uh, more than once, but that sticks with me some. DS9, I've probably watched, you know, when I say I've watched every episode, I mean, I'm probably, I've probably watched 80% of DS9. I've probably watched 70% of Voyager and probably 60% of Enterprise. So that's kind of where I'm at. Bob, what have you? I'm curious where Bob's at. You have you watched DS9 and all those other ones, most episodes or not? Or I got bored after Next Gen. Yeah, DS9 and, and Voyager, or and and uh, yeah, and Voyager did, didn't do that much. I mean, I've watched them here and there. Yeah. Okay. Because and that's what I kind of thought, but you watched most of Next Generation, if not all of it. Probably every episode of Next Generation was on for sure. Okay, okay. So that's kind of, and that's good for so, audience to understand. So Bob missed out on the Bigfoot episodes in Deep Space Nine. You should have watched that, Bob. 
you had to stick through like the first couple of seasons before they started getting into to Bigfoot. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's some aliens in that show too. Well, he missed, he missed the whole <laughs> subplot on the Enterprise where they go back, have to go back in time to fix things and they beam up the Loch Ness monster into their cargo bay and take it. No, no, I'm sorry. That's that's the humpback whales and Star Trek the movie. That's right. I'm sorry. I get well, these but, but but they they did have one scene where Archer goes and he's actually in this like this gorilla suit walking through the jungle <laughs> walking through the woods and somebody films him. So they, they they put this costume on so they wouldn't recognize yeah. him as being somebody from the future. So he put this bear costume. This is kind of this bear gorilla costume on so that people would think that he was supposed to be there. Um, I would say of anyone who could wear a gorilla costume, uh, it would only be Archer and Pike that I would accept. (laughs) Maybe they would do something like that. (laughs) They seem like those captains. Okay, you're going to go down to the planet, but we got to blend in. So (laughs) you dress as a gorilla. And then they change history. I do, I do, I must say, I like, and I think the actors like, when they do have to go down and dress like a culture, because it gets them to have some different outfits, not just be wearing the the uniform all the time. And it, it always just adds something to the episode. It makes it feel more like a throwback to the original, because the original would do that from time to time, um, have them dress up in um, appropriate to the whatever that's going on the planet. Um anyway, uh yeah, very happy with this episode. So we shall see where it goes. We only have five left and then a nice huge break probably before we get to season three, if we ever get to season three. Um I have a feeling we will. I have a feeling we'll get to season three. I think it, it will be good, but I think it might be a year and a half from now or two years from now. We'll just have to see. Once yeah, yeah. Writer strike and everything else figured out. Well, I, I guess the good the good thing about the the writer strike slash uh, actor strike is that um, it's not it's not a situation where where they're you know just not doing one particular show and so the actors go and find something else. Right, right. Inside, it's, everything's just on pause. It's it's kind of like COVID in that. It, it's not like you can go and hunt something. All right. You're right. It's just your show's just on pause and everybody else's show's on pause too. And you can't. Yeah, so it's not like you're going to go and sign up for some new show and some pilot on some new show because, because uh, this show yeah. is kind of up in the air. We don't know if we're going to do it or not, you know, kind of thing. So you go sign up for something else because everything is shut down. So right. there's nothing else to go to. So the, the likelihood of them losing cast members and things to other things is, is probably very small right agreed agreed yeah because that that's the thing that can become a problematic on this show is if the actors eventually become bigger or well known from this show and think oh it's time for me to leave and go have my own show somewhere else right that i've been offered a not a spinoff but something completely different. So I can certainly see the actress that plays La'an, Christine Chong, uh, whether her 
music career takes off because she's got new music songs that are out there and things, or whether, um, you know, uh, something becomes uh, acting-wise out of this. I can see them start to lose cast members to other projects eventually. It's not going to happen because of this strike, but just because the show's doing so well. Um, I guess that's the other thing I should mention is that I did this week uh, got a tweet from uh, Christina Chong, who plays La'an, which is kind of fun. Um, I created, she'd released two new songs and I created videos from the episodes of uh, 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 the episode about her from Stranger Worlds that um, I thought went with the songs pretty well. And she saw one of them and she was really impressed, especially she'd seen my first video, apparently, which was pretty easy to go with the song. The song's called Twin Flame and to have Kirk and Lawn be the Twin Flames. It sort of made sense. The second video is called No Blame. And I think that was a trickier one to figure out how to tie it into the to the overall piece. And I, I think I did a better job on that one, really. Um and she really liked that. So that was kind of neat to get her feedback and that she liked what I was doing. So, and those, if you want to see either one, they're both up there on YouTube. I'll probably, if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes, but all I have to do is look at my YouTube channel. To every, every, my YouTube channel, all you do is type in into any browser at Buck Benny and it'll, it'll show you my Twitter thing that you can get to if you want to. It'll show you my, Thing on uh, uh, my YouTube channel with all you know, it'll connect you everything. It'll connect you to to where you can, uh, if you want to join up and uh, help support us through Patreon, it'll have a connection to that. It just lists all the different pieces, so it works pretty well. You know, I I I actually sent an email to Christina Chong and communicated with her, and I tried to get her to come on to this to this podcast and. Um, you know, told told her, you know, yeah, it's the guy that made those videos. Him? Oh, no way, man! <laughs> this guy, this guy is, he's creepy. He's, I've been no thinking about else. asking her the same thing, actually, but, but I, I don't know. Our podcast is pretty small time potatoes, but uh, you never know. So we'll see if I if I can keep tweeting her or not. But uh, she's she's uh, that, what I like about this whole cast is they're all. So so delighted to be on this show. They all love the show. They love what they're doing. Um, down to a person, it's pretty cool. So, well, she's she's got some free time right now. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the thing is, I don't think they, I don't think they can do podcasts or anything else anymore. I think they're they can't promote their shows. They're not. They're, I mean, there's so many things they're tied out of doing. Because uh, I just saw uh, Ansem Mount release something where he was talking about the strike, and he's he specifically mentioned in there, I can't do any more promotion of the show or anything like that, and so which sounded like podcasts were out and everything else was out. So unless mm-hmm. you're going to go on and talk about the strike, I think you're out of luck. Well, there was does that mean he can't do the radio room? I think, yeah, no, the ready room's done if. If it hasn't already filmed, I think chances are the ready room for the whole season is probably in the can. I don't think they do it live or anything like that. So I think uh, I think chances are the ready room is going to be available. Um, 
at least next week's, if not the rest. But I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if if we get it for the rest of them already. Yeah, I, I heard that that there was some some big movie with big actors in it. I can't remember what it was, and they were doing like the premiere or something of the movie. Yeah, and they got up and walked out. Yeah, and they announced they announced the mm-hmm. strike. That, that <laughs> was uh, the movie. And they that got movie. Up. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Oppenheimer, the one about the yeah, bomb. that's right. It was Oppenheimer, and they just got up and left. Yep. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, we're on strike. Okay, well, we can't be here now because because yep. we're on strike. But you know, Christina Chong, she she could always you know go back into this into the Star Wars area too after Star Trek. You know, she's probably one of the few actors that's actually been in Star Trek and Star Wars. So. What was she in Star Wars? Uh, the Force Awakens. As what? As, uh, see, it says here she was in the deleted scenes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she she can do more deleted scenes. Good for her. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but she is one who, when you look up, I mean, she has been in various shows and movies and things for the last... Yeah decade or more of uh, a couple decades i think um so i'm glad she found this role and all of that now it does give her time because i don't think it stops them from uh well it probably stops them from making videos but she could probably make more music still i would think so maybe she'll uh, well, create she could, an album i bet she could do like music videos too i don't think so i think they consider that acting do they? I, I don't know. So. I don't. I, I don't think people that are that's doing sort of, music like a, videos that's are like a side project. You can't keep somebody from doing their own side project. I would think. Well, they're probably your acting guild. I don't know. I, I I I think it'd be tricky. I think it, too. They're in new territory. I don't think they know a hundred percent what's allowed and what's not allowed. They supposedly have an, an actor strike in forty years. So you go back forty years ago. There wasn't streaming. There wasn't podcast. There wasn't all these things. So, um, I, I think what they essentially want them to do is shut down entirely because it's for their own benefit that they get this thing worked out. And the more they shut everything down, the more that the quicker it'll get resolved. I assume the Tonight Show and all of those evening shows are going to dry up very quickly because they're done live or close to live or whatever so uh i i don't know what they're going to do are they going to go well no because they even their main and their main people jimmy fallon and so forth aren't going to be able to because they're under that same thing so they want and all the writers i mean it should have been affecting them before now because now they just had the the actors on strike but the screenwriters have been on strike for a while so for a few weeks yeah yeah, yeah. what really have they noticed. been with those guys i don't know I should yeah, check because, because all, those shows, all those shows have writers you know and the writers yeah. tons There's of writers. writers yeah so so i'm not sure you know what they've been doing with that i i don't watch late night television so right because in covid they kept on trying to go more or less and just make it as safe as they could and do it at their house or whatever and still have the writer but you're you you yeah i I don't see what they can do because uh i think they'd have to shut down those shows so those shows would begin noticed right off the bat what about and and what about like 
I assume the news shows keep on going because because writers for the news shows are different. They're you know not writing make believe. They're writing by reality. They're journalists. News so, news copy. Well, that and that's why I think that the video making a video for a song wouldn't be covered by the Screen Actors Guild. You know, it doesn't seem like that would be an area where they cover. It wouldn't surprise me either way. It wouldn't surprise me if you're right. And, you know, definitely never surprised oh, me. Oh, come on. You would, be, you would be extremely surprised if I was right about something. Come on, tell the truth. <laughs> okay, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you guys go. Enjoy this great episode. And uh, we'll be back until we run out of episodes. And uh, we're we're certainly not in the acting guild nor in the writing guild, as you can tell. <laughs> You'd benefit if we were in one or the other. <laughs> there you go. Bye, everybody. This week, Jess Bush, who plays Nurse Christine Chapel, joins me to talk to the emotional journeys of this week's episode. We take a logical look at Vulcan marriage rituals, and we uncover Lieutenant Spock's fascinating human side. Fly a shuttle to the ready room for all this and more. Hey nerds, I'm Will Wheaton and this is The Ready Room, your official behind-the-scenes hub for all things Star Trek Universe. In this week's episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds titled Charades, Spock gets in touch with his emotions in a major way. But if just hearing that makes you emotional, I'm going to call for a red alert! Vulcans are masters of suppressing their emotions, and I am a master of suppressing spoilers. So if you haven't seen this week's episode yet, travel to interdimensional space with a couple of pals, stream it, and report back here to the Ready Room for all the feels. It is an exciting day here in the Ready Room because I have Jess Bush, aka Nurse Christine Chapel, joining me in person to talk all about her character's emotional roller coaster ride in this week's episode and her budding romance with Spock. Speaking of Spock, for nearly 60 years, the Enterprise's science officer has lived life focusing on his Vulcan half, choosing logic over emotion. However, in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, he has explored his human half in a deeper way than ever before, especially in this week's episode. Becoming fully human will do that. Later, we will accompany Spock on his journey of self-discovery. But first, Vulcan weddings are... a lot! From the super harsh awareness ritual to the Caliphate battle to the death, being a Vulcan wedding planner must be the most stressful job in the galaxy. If Vulcans felt stress, I guess. Well, here's a special look at the unique traditions that surround Vulcan matrimony. Control room, engage. We have to do the Vishal dinner now, or the wedding is off. Tapring and her family have agreed to have the dinner here tomorrow night. What wonderful news. The Vashal ritual purely came out of us breaking the story and thinking, what would be a funny thing to watch Spock go through as a person pretending to be a Vulcan? We have all been obsessed with amok time, right? I mean, how can we not? I mean, we all hummed the theme. We spend a lot of time trying to figure out how we can have a lot more marriage proposals and break them up. And, you know, because secretly we're kind of love stories in space. And it's super fun. Lock it up. Here we go. We come back to Spock and to Pring in episode five. The Enterprise is, is on a mission to uh, to go to Vulcan, and it 
ends up being a, a last-minute engagement dinner for Spock and T'Pring, which um, is going to be very complicated for Spock. Take off your hat. You're human. Hi, Mom. I was really interested in, in reading all about the, the engagement ceremony that was laid out for us throughout the episode. Vulcans are obviously, you know, they're very traditional. The Vishal ritual starts with the family tea. That doesn't seem so hard. That would be the handling of a traditional Vulcan teapot. That's scalding hot. We had um, a specific episode around a Vulcan ritual that we had to figure out and create. So working with the showrunners, the writers, the director, and kind of getting all the beats to that, what that ritual would be, that was the best prop that we did this season, the most expensive. Uh, but it was all a lot of fun because we were creating canon. One of the big pieces was the kettle that Spock is supposed to touch um, and not burn his hands. So um, the prop is 3D printed. It was printed in white. Um, and then we dyed it black to get to this color. So then we had to have the vessel. It's made of solid brass, so it actually weighs a lot. In the scene, Spock was to pick up the kettle. He pours in the liquid, and in one fell swoop, it has to go through and fill up the cup exactly. So we had to figure out how much liquid the cup took and just have that amount in the kettle so Ethan didn't have to worry about how much water he was pouring in so he wouldn't overflow the cup. Acceptable. Chipring was one of my favorite characters to dress. It was scripted that she was wearing a very modest, simple gown. We in the costume department, we don't really do simple and modest, so we asked if we could do the opposite. And it kind of worked with the storyline because it was like Chipring's mother had put this gown on her to make it look very formal and very regal. We debated for three hours over this outfit. That is fascinating. So here we have T. Pring's beautiful gown. It was custom plated in Montreal in a starburst um, pattern. And then we did some leather detail around the bust. And Jen Bowen here is our digital costumer and she was responsible in bringing these shoulder pieces to life. We went through several design iterations and several 3D prints. This is the first one we did, um, really just to get the shape right, just to you know see how it looked on her scale-wise. And then we increased the size quite a bit, started mapping out where the little cutouts would be. We had a few print failures that we had to figure out and piece together, and luckily it all came together in the end. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Seeing the story develop and, you know, the stakes kind of get higher and higher as we progress through the story as far as, you know, all the relationships go and all those ceremonies kind of bring out um, more and more of an eruption, you know, between, between all of the characters. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to watch that trajectory. Everyone has been in a situation where they have expectations of them that they have to pretend to be something just to get through it. So in that sense, that specific Vulcan experience, we were really just trying to make it relatable. Uh, in a way that, that, that human beings can understand. I am joined today by Jess Bush, who plays nurse Christine Chapel. Jess, hey, welcome well, to the we, Ready Room. I'm so happy so to be much. talking to you in person. I know, I can just like 
touch you. Reach We're out like and touch right you. Right here. There's yeah. no screen in I between know. us. We're it's, like people. Imagine that. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Nurse Chapel, mm -hmm. a fan favorite character going all the way back to the 60s. Tell me about the fan response to your interpretation of a beloved character. It has been overwhelming in the best way. I remember my first convention in Vegas and the first time that I actually like kind of came in contact with the fandom. Uh -huh. I just couldn't keep it together. I was just like <laughs> smiling and like tears rolling down my cheeks. Like just the outpouring of love from the fans has been so disarming and um, it's, yeah, it's been an incredible experience. And I feel very fortunate that I have been accepted with open arms in that way because it is such a responsibility to uh, bring new life to a character that's already established and already loved. It's been very special. One of the attributes that I am seeing in Christine this season mm. uh, is her ambition, her determination to like way be the best at everything that yeah. she does. Maybe too um, <laughs> uh, how do you How do you feel about getting to portray that side of her personality. The last time we talked, yeah. we talked about how Major Barrett's Christine Chapel um, maybe wasn't as fully developed as your yeah. Christine Chapel is. Um, just talk a little bit about that aspect of her and the aspects of her that you are discovering mm. that we don't already know about from a previous iteration of the character. Yeah, Major was famously unhappy with like how little she got to say. She wanted to do more. Like yeah. she wanted to really bite into it and she didn't feel like she had the opportunity to do that. And um, it was spoken about uh, that her chapel was positioned as kind of just like a tool to illustrate Spock's disinterest or his emotional detachment. Yeah. And I think that the writers of this show have really, really focused on that stereotype and blowing it to pieces. About that fellowship, the archaeological medicine, I'm thinking about applying. I'm going to have to replace you, aren't I? It's two months in Vulcan. You're not getting rid of me that easy. I feel really privileged and proud to be a part of that dismantling. And, you know, they've, they've really gone to the nth degree to make sure that they, like, really flip that on its head. Um, so that's been, like, super satisfying as an artist to, like, be a part of that. Yeah. Chapel and I have some similarities in our uh, hang-ups and our fears and, and what drives us uh -huh. personally. But she's just a whole lot more courageous than I am, I think. So that's been really illuminating for me to embody that and kind of be like, oh, wow. Like, it, it, it's shown me how I am in situations, you know, by feeling it in a, in a different way. I feel like maybe she inspires you. Yeah. Which is a crazy thing to think about, you know? Like, yeah. Well, Wesley inspires me. Yeah. And it's been 30 years since I was Wesley. So, yeah. like, it's a thing that happens. Isn't that such a special part of being an actor? Like, it's such, it a, it's such an intimate and unusual occurrence to be inspired by someone that you are embodying. Do you think about her being an inspiration, particularly for young women? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I am so grateful to the writers for giving me the structure to create something like that. Yeah. Um, and there's been a few times when like fans have come to me and said that their, their daughters and their sons are like, they f they f uh, they're really proud for their children to watch um, a character like mine be portrayed. And yeah. that is like, like, I don't think I could ask for anything more as an artist to, to touch people in that way. So, yeah. A piece of your Christine's backstory mm. uh, that's new is her experience in the Klingon War. Yeah. Christine and Mbenga just kick all kinds of ass. <laughs> and it looks really fun. <laughs>
people who go through war always come back so fundamentally changed yeah. from it. Knowing now that she and Mbenga served in this war mm. together, yeah. how does that uh, shade mm. the relationship between the two of them? Mm. Is that bringing something new this season that maybe wasn't talked about in the previous season? Absolutely. I think that it's been so wonderful to explore my relationship with Mbenga and I think that learning of our experiences together and, and experiencing them together on set has brought a whole new dimension to who we are to each other. Um, I think that it's a it's a very unique and very special relationship um, that maybe only the two of us understand and also probably can't really be explained with words. Yeah. I got a sense of like a ride or die relationship, especially earlier this season. Yeah. Um, it just I just felt like Things are really like not great in this particular moment, and mm-hmm. I could really see her just turning to him like, "We're doing this, right?" Mm. And then the two of them go off yeah. and just do it. I yeah. I loved that. Me too. Yeah, there's definitely like a if it was to come to one of us losing the other, like we wouldn't want to go out without the other person. Yeah. You know, like we're yeah, I got that. Very much in it together. Yeah, and also there's this great sense of like we know what to do. Yeah, intrinsically, like yes. to assist the other person or, or get through a hard situation, we have an instinct yeah. where we are aware of each other at all times, you know? Come to really think of cool. it, I imagine it's the relationship a, a surgeon wants with their exactly, nurse. Exactly, exactly. Actually, now that I think about it. That's very I feel insightful. Like maybe maybe yeah. I'm the last person on planet Earth to put that together. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was interesting to me that Christine was real interested in going to do a fellowship at the Vulcan Science Institute. Yes. Um, uh, what motivates her? Yeah. To, to, to go, uh, to, to take this and potentially take a little bit of time off of the enterprise, yeah. which is kind of a cool place to be. Yeah. First of all, she's insatiably ambitious yeah. and always looking for newness. Yeah. So I think that the opportunity to go and exist in a different community and learn about a new culture and, and expand her knowledge, she always wants to be more. She always wants to know how to know more, be more, do more, Mm -hmm. Um, and know new people, you know, like she just is always looking for that. So that's one element, but also there's the uh, tension that's existing with between her and Spock. And I think that she can be quite avoidant at times. And so she probably just sees it twofold as, as, as like an opportunity for growth, but also an opportunity to just like get out for a little bit, maybe get away, you know, remove herself in the situation, not have to face it head on, just let it kind of because if down. she doesn't get, because if she doesn't do that, she's going to end up making out with Spock at the end of the episode, right? And who and would want that? Yeah, like everybody. As it turns <laughs> out, we're going to get there in a second. The Kirkovians are an interesting uh-huh. species. Hello, I am Yellow. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm trying to find some help for my friend Spock. Remediation was made. No further contact. No, is... we. I know you think we shouldn't contact you. But you made a mistake, and we need your help to fix it. I found their weird bureaucratic, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, your call is very important to us kind of attitude to be really interesting. Yeah. I presume that the scene in uh, that kind of liminal yeah. uh, outside of space, that was the AR wall. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's beautiful. Oh, it was stunning, but also nauseating. Was it really? Was it? I, I wonder. So, is it? Does that all of that feel like does motion sickness? Like almost like oh, you can't get your feet underneath you? For sure. Yeah. The 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 entire floor was mirrors. Yeah. And the walls were like pulsating Rorschach paintings. Yeah. So like usually on the AR wall, 
it's already a little nauseating because when the camera moves, the entire landscape moves. But with the interdimensional space sequence, there's no point that you can focus on because it's just all moving. You can't even like fix yourself on like an imaginary staircase that's then moving and you can like follow it. It was oh, just all- I can see how your inner ear would have a real oh. big problem with that. Oh my goodness. And also like our marks on the floor, like you could never see them. Oh, so we were just like- Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever the camera- Dots, moved, right? Just tape dots? Just, yeah. Like, yeah. or even, I think there might've even been marker. I yeah. can't remember, but there was like, it, they were really hard to see and yeah. they kept rubbing off and yeah. we didn't have any reference points. So whenever the camera, and we were in there for like, I don't know, 15 hours. That's a long time to be in a space that makes you feel like you're upside down yeah. two different ways. Yeah, but it, it was fun. But by the, I think by the end of the day, like Melissa Selly and I were just like, oh gosh, like this is this is a lot. And whenever the camera would move, we'd all just like grab each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was a lot, but it was really great. It was beautiful. When they turned to her, right? Like I'm sitting in my chair in, in, in my house going, tell them how you feel about Spark, <laughs> right? <laughs> When they finally turned around, I was like, thank, finally, somebody said it. (laughs) This entire episode. Yeah. If we're accepting this as real in real time, she has very strong feelings for Spock and is at the extreme edge of losing him Mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. Just talk to me about keeping that alive in your performance mm. over the what seven or so days that it takes to film an episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was interesting because actually we shot that sequence months later. The the interdimensional space sequence is actually shot months after the episode finished. Really, we had to come just for logistical reasons. We had to come back around and do it. That's like. We're going to shoot the climax of this episode after you've done however many other episodes. Yeah. That's Welcome cr- to my Wow. Life. <laughs> That's, I just like, I, I know the other, the other film industry professionals are doing this. Like, that's, I, I know yeah. how hard that is. Yeah. In my experience, once something lives in your body, you can access it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I ha- it was still fantastic in a sense that like, I had experienced the whole story and so that lived in me. And Mm -hmm. so that loss, that possibility of loss was there whenever Mm -hmm. I wanted to tap into it, you know. And so in that moment, it it was just like a mess of just like deeply instilled fear of exposure and coming to terms with the possibility of losing a very good friend or some, some, she was like, you know, I think she's in denial about it as well. Like she's like, no, he's, I think, think she like is convincing herself that they're just friends. She's yeah. just trying to protect herself. Going back to the original series, mm-hmm. uh, I think that the, I, I agree very fully that uh, uh, Chapel was in service of Spock's mm. character. It was, it was the sixties and mm-hmm. it was like, here's the woman to support the man, right? Yeah. Your chapel is completely different. She's an independent woman. She isn't she, like she is. She has her own story and her own yeah. everything, and 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 is much more fully realized. And uh, still, there is something about Spock that she really loves. Yeah. Um, uh, what we always got before was Chapel loves Spock. The end. But there's something. It's different. It's yeah. so much more developed mm-hmm. in 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 you. Would you talk a bit about yeah. what are the qualities in Spock that that she is drawn to? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, why Spock and not not a pure Vulcan mm. or or why not somebody else? What is it about Spock specifically? Yeah, I think that um, I think 
yeah, you asking why not a pure Vulcan is actually a very interesting question. Um, and I think, you know, we've spoken before about how his, his honesty, his um, consistency, uh, his directness, his morality, like, is unshakable. Spock, I know where I stand with you. You're an honest man. You're not the guy who would chase after another woman while you have a girlfriend. I think that she feels like she can actually trust him in a way that she don't think she really trusts other people. Like, she's very open and she's very, like, you know, warm and all of that. But I think with the real her, she doesn't really let that out very often. Mm -hmm. And I think that Spock provides a really grounded and safe net for that to happen. Thank you for your advice. If I can ever return the favor, please do not hesitate to ask. What are friends for? What are friends for? That was a rhetorical Spock. Oh, I know. Humans are almost as easy to tease as Vulcans. There's an element to him that's also messy and mixed up and, and human, and I think that she relates to that. There's, there's like a, a kinship in that. So she provides something that she doesn't, I mean, he provides something that she doesn't have, but also she's, he's kind of a mirror for her in some ways as well, I think. So let's take the relationship in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Spock very clearly has strong feelings for Christine, and we yeah. knew that before this episode. Mm -hmm. um, what is it about her that, that inspires that in him? I think that he feels seen by her. Yeah. I don't think that she has any expectations of him. Like he's allowed to kind of be messy and be and and experience and feel things that he can't exactly explain. And she has space for that and she has compassion for that and she has love for that. So I think yeah, they 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 make each other feel safe in a way that's sacred and maybe not shared by other people. For all of us who have been shipping Christine and Spock, specifically the two of you, yeah. are you prepared for how fandom is going to react yeah, uh, to this week's episode? I'm so excited. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I've just hidden a, a little present and I'm waiting for the person to find it and open yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. So I just can't wait. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Thank you Thank for you. making time to come and be here today. Oh, it's awesome to be in the same place as you. Thanks, Will. Great yeah, to see it's you. exciting. In this week's episode, Spock mind melds with his mother Amanda and sees a memory from his childhood. What Star Trek the Animated Series episode also features a significant event from Spock's youth? A. The Time Trap B. Once Upon a Planet C. The Infinite Vulcan or D. Yesteryear Don't boldly go anywhere, stay tuned for the answer. Let's play a fun game of word association. I will say a word and then you're going to say the first word that pops into your head. Ready? Here we go. Spock. I bet that one of the first words that popped into your head was an adjective, like logical, emotionless, or fascinating. Listen, I totally get it. Those are the words I thought of, which is why they're in the script. Spock has fully embraced his Vulcan side, but his human side shines through from time to time, especially in this week's episode. Recently, the cast and creators behind Star Trek Strange New Worlds sat down to talk about exploring Spock's emotional evolution. Check it out. Mr. Spock? Try to be still. You were in a shuttle accident. You are here. Only whoever did this seems to have made you human. 
What the f- We pick up with Spock at the beginning of season two in a very precarious situation on the Enterprise. Um, how's, uh, feeling going? It's a lot. It's not all bad. Sometimes I don't cry in the shower. He's really in conflict with his human and Vulcan side, so he's trying to work out how human to be, how useful it is to be, more human than he has been previously. That's sort of an ongoing theme with him. Spock, I think, is exposed to his human side in a way that he's not ready for. Don't test me, Kirk! I will break you! I'll clean it up. But I think he starts to discover that intuition and emotional uptake and information really serves him and serves his problem solving. Vulcans have emotions. We learn to suppress them. These human feelings are different. What is that amazing smell? Oh, it's the bacon. Bacon. <laughs> so in episode five, we took Spock to human and back. Um, and the instruction given to me was as fast as possible. We did certain tricks. Couple times I didn't glue the ears on. There was one scene in particular where uh, he, his ears had to go in and off, like within the scene itself. They weren't glued on, but they were almost seamless. Like if maybe you paused it, you could see a seam. Otherwise it was great. If I didn't know better, I'd say you were experiencing what we humans call stress. Benga's dealt with the Balkans. He's studied, you know, with Balkans before, and so he's got a great appreciation for Mr. Spock. So to help him through this moment of discovering his human side was lovely. I'm concerned my emotions may impact my judgment. You just have to learn to live with them, like we all do. You could see his panicking, but it's like, man, this is what we have to deal with every day. <laughs> you know, welcome. I have always loved the character of Spock. I was always interested because in the original series, he is very much decisively, I am a Vulcan. But Spock isn't a pure Vulcan. The interesting thing is that there's, there's actually canon to back this up. You were told to report to me at once. I didn't want to, Jim. When you look at Spock in the cage, you know, he's a laughing Spock. He's a Spock who sees these flowers and giggles and it's sort of like a, an emotive Spock. A, a Spock that we hadn't seen really before. If you look at Spock's life as a whole, it really is a waveform. He's in a waltz with himself. Human Vulcan, human Vulcan, human Vulcan. So he's a, a Spock that is more uh, uh, emotionally bold, uh, although also emotionally convulsive because he's not so good at it. Okay, Spock. Are you okay? You look upset. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it. I think that uh, Chapel and Spock have a really beautiful friendship from the get-go. And I think that's based in the fact that they kind of balance each other out. She loves Spock because of who he really is. When you healed him, you changed him. It's not him. At least, it's not all of him because you took away the other part. A part that I was connected to. And I miss him as he was. He's a complicated person and she likes him as he is. There's something missing when he's not his full self.
In this week's episode, Spock mind melds with his mother Amanda and sees a memory from his childhood. What Star Trek the Animated Series episode also features a significant event from Spock's youth? Is it A, the time trap, B, once upon a planet, C, the infinite Vulcan, or D, yesteryear? And the answer is D, yesteryear. Written by legendary Star Trek scribe Dorothy Fontana, Yesteryear sees an adult Spock use the Guardian of Forever to travel back in time to his childhood and features actor Mark Leonard reprising his role as Spock's father, Sarek. Spock and T'Pring have decided to take some time apart. And that inspired me. I think we should take some time apart, like seven days, just so that we can explore ourselves a bit. But before it's time for us to get back together, I have a gift for you, an exclusive clip from next week's episode. Finally! Okay, life support's been stabilized. Are you kidding me? We need to send a team to Deck 5 to get the EPS regulators back online. Yes, well, that is going to have to wait. One of my teams found something in the fuel distribution system. That system was online already. What were you... You disobeyed my direct orders and went digging around in the functioning systems. If I had followed your orders to the letter, we would never have found evidence of sabotage. Sabotage? I know, seven days is a long time, but there's a ton of Star Trek for us to stream while we wait. Let's do that. Absolutely. Good plan. Thank you for joining me here in the Ready Room this week. And also thank you to Jess Bush for stopping by for a great chat next week. I will be talking to Celia Rose Gooding, who plays Ensign Nyota Uhura, and Carol Kane, aka the Enterprise's new chief engineer, Pelia, about Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Episode 6, Lost in Translation. Until then, I'm Will Wheaton. Live long and prosper.